Hello and welcome everyone to the sixth session of Hallo Casa. My name is Michael and today I'll be hosting Daniel Rott, who will talk about his real estate experience in Colombia. Daniel is founder of Rott.co, a virtual college. He used to be from London and is now fully Colombian. Um, before we start though, I'd like to introduce our Colombia real estate guide quickly. If you watch via Hangouts, you find the link on the right-hand side. If you watch via YouTube, you find the link in the description. Also, if you want to become a member of our live interview community, either as guests or as listener, you can click the link in YouTube and we will inform you about new events. So, uh, before we start, I'd like to see if everyone can understand me properly. And I would like to see if there's anyone having some problems with some technical problems um, I see one two people okay let's see I think that's that should be fine uh, that uh, everyone is, is listening or everyone who is listening is is, uh, is able to to hear us properly um, okay so Daniel, uh, let's start with you. Hello and welcome. Um, thanks for being with us. Uh, why don't you quickly introduce yourself? Okay, guys. Uh, of course, uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, thank you, of course. Uh, hello, Casa, for having me. So I've lived here since uh, the year 1998. Uh, very happy, of course. Uh, way more opportunities uh, and less uh, standards than in London. And, uh, well, uh, here I am, of course, to... Talk a little bit about real estate in Colombia. Okay, so um, first question, uh, you said, okay, it's a little bit different than, uh, than uh, London. Um, what, did, what was the motivation for you to move to Colombia? Why, why did you decide in the, in the very beginning to move back to, to Colombia? Was it a girl for a lot of, uh, as it is for a lot of people as well, or was it a different, uh, different um um, decision which triggered your, uh, your movement? Um, when we came back from London, we did so mainly because of the, uh, the math cows uh, issue that, you know, that, that, that they were experiencing there. And um, I guess there were a lot of things that uh, we missed about Colombia. Uh, I went to live there when I was about five, six years old. And um, there are a lot of things that you can compare, especially uh, the food and, and the people. I guess those were the two most, uh, well, the, the strongest uh, factors of, and the reasons why we came back to, to you know, to live permanently in Colombia. Okay, so um, how do you like it? So, uh, give the readers a little bit uh, about an idea of how it is, uh, how it's uh, living in Colombia, in which city do you live? And um, yeah, to, to have an idea uh, for someone who has never been to Colombia, how it is to live here? Well, uh, believe it or not, it's surprisingly safe. I'm actually in the capital of Colombia, in Bogota city. And um, many people don't know about the things that, you know, that happen in London that would never happen in Colombia. Um, there's been a lot of uh, growth, especially in the you know, the infrastructure and the, uh, uh, the work and the labor market. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity here uh, in, in this uh, emerging economy. And I guess uh, the safety is something that surprises a lot. 
So that means you feel absolutely safe and you see um, huge opportunities uh, for businesses. Um, give, give me an example or uh, what do you think, for example, is, is one of the a huge opportunity where you think, um, yeah, you would definitely, you, are, you have been thinking of starting a business in that sector. I think that in the uh, intellectual and uh, education business, there's huge opportunity. Uh, there are a lot of uh, young, middle-aged um, men uh, willing and ready to work that, you know, uh, I guess maybe uh, they're lacking of the, the right skills, um, the right uh, motivation, but the market is there. I mean, there's a lot of young people Uh, willing to study, willing to prepare themselves, uh, willing to give it 100% uh, to make a company grow. And I think that's huge considering the, um, you know, the, the differences in the, in the currency, especially the Colombian peso is, it kind of makes for a, a cheap uh, labor market. Okay, that's actually interesting because uh, one of our previous um, guests, Jay Darren, he also mentioned um, uh, um, education as one uh, vertical, one sector where, you, where he sees a lot of opportunities. Uh, that's, that's very interesting. It's also actually directly connecting and relating to, our, to my next question about your project right now. You uh, told me before the call you are right now uh, the founder of rot.co um, you say it's a virtual learning platform or maybe it's better if you describe it even better than me so uh, what is it about and uh, give us an idea of course so uh, we recently launched uh, rot.co which is basically a marketplace that connects students and teachers from all over the world uh, to share uh, their knowledge uh, their their own experiences and uh, basic, uh, you know, practical skills that can land them a job uh, faster than they would if, you know, the, uh, they decided to go through the, uh, the higher education path and not to mention cheaper, of course. So that means it's totally virtual. I um, sit in front of, of the computer. I let, Let's, let's uh, maybe walk us uh, or can you maybe walk us through the process of how it works like it's a platform you sign up you choose the course and then you can um, listen to a professor or everyone can teach how does it work in in particular so let's say that uh, you live in a small town and um, you know transit is practically impossible for you um, in this case if you have a, a good internet connection uh, you can enroll Uh, for free or uh, through paid uh, virtual courses in uh, any area. Uh, let's say that you want to learn uh, Spanish, but then you also want to learn uh, advanced uh, Excel and uh, some basic marketing skills. Uh, you can find that at, at rod.co. And uh, the surprise element is that students get paid for studying. Okay, that's interesting. So uh, that means it's not necessarily only restricted to Colombia. It's uh, you are helping people in remote areas. Let's say somewhere, someone in, um, in on a village, uh, somewhere in Nebraska, 
who doesn't have a, a university next to to his um, his uh, house might be not uh, even have the necessity to go out of the out of the his house and just plug in and um, can do that remotely from everywhere or it, or do you specifically um, target Colombia only? Uh, no, you, you're right. The first time um, this this of course enables uh, a worldwide market to connect with any teacher from any part of the world. And teachers, on the other hand, can find uh, four different sources of income if you know they're struggling to to get ahead and to get a job in today's uh, you know jobless future economy. Okay, that means you are focusing on um, executive um, executive education and also business education for people who want to go to the next level, or will it be, um, or do you also think uh, about every vertical also going to to students or to to high school um, attendees like pupils? In our first uh, phase, uh, one out of three. We are focusing on attracting uh, students that have, you know, already graduated from high school that are not too sure uh, what they want to study and if they can afford to study. And uh, we're also targeting uh, people that have, you know, had a rough uh, after they graduate because they can't uh, find a job or because they simply don't have uh, the skills to compete uh, in, you know, in today's, um, well, growing market, um, especially in the tech world. So we're basically enabling, um, giving people the tools uh, in general, not in any specific field. We're giving people the skills, uh, the tools, and uh, the monetary motivation for them to make a, a career path with us. Okay, that's interesting. So I assume that um, you then also have professors and teachers who speak Spanish and, 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 and English as well. Do you also have some different languages already? Uh, in our first phase, uh, we only have Spanish and English um, teachers and students, uh, but eventually we do want to start um, opening for French and you know, other languages. Okay, that's interesting. Um, have you already uh, incorporated, uh, and if so, uh, did you do that in Colombia, or are you planning to do that uh, in a different country? How was your uh, view on that? We established in Wyoming uh, last year, but our subsidiary in Colombia, which is called uh, Rod Limited, has been in the market uh, well, right here for 16 years. Okay, so you um, incorporated in Wyoming and then uh, have a subsidy right now in Colombia. Why is that? Uh, why did you choose this path? Uh, maybe interesting also for the audience to understand uh, about the advantages, uh, which you might, I guess you, you did your due diligence and you know obviously about the advantages about that. So uh, why did you do that? Uh, as a virtual company, which wasn't always uh, virtual, uh, we started out, uh, you know, selling English material, and we were focused only on giving uh, English speaking courses, mostly to, 
the hospitality market and you know a few banks and, and a few companies um, but now we did a, a whole re-engineering of, of the company and um, the launch of the United States company was established uh, in Wyoming due to the beneficial uh, tax uh, stru structure and because we want to be international from day one Okay, perfect. Because you also might consider having outside investors who then are more inclined to, to uh, invest in you if you are incorporated in the U.S., I guess, or um, also different reasons. Yeah, um, that and, of course, the, the, the tax uh, structure, can we can work better in a more dynamic uh, establishment for you know for the main parent uh, corporation being in the United States so frankly speaking you would if if for example um, you would advise or you would talk to someone who is considering setting up his business in Colombia would you advise him to go and incorporate in Colombia or would you say okay if you if your business model allows it try to incorporate in the US and then again establish a subsidiary in Colombia in order to go or to have some, some certain advantages? I think this can vary a lot, uh, depending on the kind of business. Uh, for instance, in if you were to, you know, let's say have uh, employees, uh, a warehouse and even an office in Wyoming, it could be more expensive than, than setting it up in Colombia. Um, if your aim is to have a small business, and your market is, is going to be very local in Colombia, I would definitely recommend to incorporate in Colombia. It's definitely much easier, and there's less uh, paperwork involved. Uh, however, if you want to set up uh, maybe um, a virtual company that is fully automated, something like uh, Open English, uh, states like uh, Florida, uh, Wyoming, can be beneficial considering, of course, if you're not a, a U.S. citizen, but you're actually a foreigner that, that isn't um, residing in the United States. I guess this is a topic that, that you know, is worth getting into in another interview because there is a lot of complex um, do's and don'ts in that, in that aspect. Yeah, I was about to say that I think we could talk for hours about uh, tax uh, regulations and uh, pros and cons, especially within even within the US and uh, going for one state or the other. Um, that's actually uh, quite correct. Actually, I just see the first question, who is actually, uh, which is actually from uh, coming from uh, Jay. Um, he is asking, what type of investment would you would be great within the education sector in Colombia? So, what do you see? Um, for potential investment opportunities in the education sector, in particular in Colombia? I think that uh, mocks are really blowing up right now. Uh, to mention a few that I know that are Colombian, uh, Freddy Bega, which is, a, a, I would say, kind of like a unicorn. Um, he has um, invested hugely in a, a project called uh, Platzi, Platzi.com is also offering uh, virtual courses, uh, mostly for entrepreneurs. Uh, this is a, actually a really good project uh, that is on the rise. Um, other projects, um, I think uh, Etsena is doing a pretty good job. 
and they're also expanding on their virtual courses uh, platform. Uh, I don't know about uh, higher education, even though uh, Colombia is a very different story from you know the, the United States. Um, at some point in time, um, they would need to innovate. So I see a lot of uh, construction uh, going on in the universities, but um, I, I can't really say if it's a good investment or not. When it, you know, when it comes to higher education. Sure. And what about the readiness uh, from your perspective concerning virtual online courses here in Latin, Latin America and also in Colombia? Do you think uh, people are more still more inclined to go to a physical building, have a teacher in front of them, or do you see there's no no big difference um, concerning the um, likeliness or the readiness for virtual online courses in Colombia towards the US, for example? Well, that's actually a really good question. Um, I mean, in Colombia, people, without a doubt, at least uh, more than 60% are still very, very traditional. You know, they still prefer to go to work on a brick and mortar kind of place. And uh, they definitely still want to go to the, the physical installations of higher education. Uh, however, looking at the numbers, uh, you see that uh, there is, especially this year, there is more and more publicity coming from the traditional um, uh, higher education sector. And, um, you know, sites like uh, Udemy, Coursera, uh, EDX are starting to compete directly uh, with these universities because I would say mostly because of the the, the financial uh, constraint of you know what it costs uh, to 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 get a, a higher education in Colombia. Um, five years ago, even seven years ago, uh, with uh, two million pesos, you could study. Uh, nowadays, it takes at least uh, five million pesos, and it's not that easy to finance your you know your independent studies at a higher education entity. So I guess it's a, a kind of yeah. a 50 50 scenario. That's a very good point. I think as well, like education um, is quite expensive here, uh, especially when you talk about um, high quality. And then I think there's a lot of competition on the um, on the pricing scale. Uh, when you, if you, for example, offer something with the same price, you get the same same amount of um, of uh, course content and also quality, uh, people will think twice if they're going to go for the physical building or if they're going to have a teacher from the US or from Europe or even from Colombia, what, whatever, and then having like, I don't know, half the price. That's a very good point. I think it's, it's it, I think anyway, globally, most probably these, uh, these platforms are going to dis disrupt a lot of, a lot of, um, well, the entire educational system. Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about your, your real estate experience in Colombia. Um, you said you, you, you invested or you mentioned it quickly. Uh, what did you do? Or did you buy? Did you rent? And um, yeah, and then uh, afterwards, was it a good uh, investment or have you been happy with that? Or what's your stake at that? Well, I, uh, five years ago, I was uh, desperate to 
to get my own uh, place, my own flat, because uh, I saw how quickly uh, the real estate was, uh, you know, it, it was um, stopping to be cheap. Uh, five years ago, real estate was extremely cheap, uh, even though real estate is uh, still cheap. Um, there's been a lot of uh, extreme investment, as Bloomberg um, cited uh, about Colombia. Um, President uh, Uribe did amazing things, and um, there's been a lot of uh, huffing and puffing to attract uh, foreign investment. So when comparing uh, how uh, real estate has has uh, you know increased uh, in in pricing uh, from 2010 till now, um, I think uh, now more than ever is the perfect time to buy real estate. Um, I, to give you my personal experience, I, I bought my uh, my flat. It's um it's a small forty square uh, meter, well distributed apartment that has uh, two bedrooms, uh, an open loft uh, kitchen, a garage, a deposit. Uh, when I bought the place, it was only eight months of use, and it cost me eighty eight million pesos. Uh, now it's valued at one hundred sixty five million pesos. And um, I got it, of course, through a mortgage at the um, BBVA bank. Bank. And um, well, the process was uh, pretty straightforward uh, compared to other places where you would, you know, invest in real estate. Uh, you don't actually own real estate, for instance, in the United States. Uh, but in Colombia, it's pretty straightforward. If you do it with the help of uh, the internet, it's it's even easier. Uh, there's a lot of uh, mortgage calculators. Uh, there are documents that you can download, and uh, there's a lot of options, uh, you know, to consider uh, when you want to choose a neighborhood and, and all that. That's interesting. Let let me. Uh, you, everything what you just said was very very interesting. Uh, let's go step by step. Um, concerning all the all the all the topics on all the elements you just mentioned. First of all, um, your you were your interest to buy was more or less triggered also by a certain rise race in rental prices because you were uh, not seeing the value and the point of paying all the time rent while you could also invest and pay the same same amount in mortgage. Or would you say it has been stagnating the rental prices while only the housing prices have increased? I think uh, in my experience, it was more of a survival kind of thing. Um, or at least uh, your place, uh, because we don't know if, if we're going to be able to, to, to buy our own place or to get our own place in the future. At the rate that the real estate is increasing, it's, it's increasing at a very fast uh, pace. To be specific, uh, 15, mil 15 million pesos a year. So, you know, so, if you were to yeah, save that this, money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this uh, it has doubled within, within a couple of years. Um, do you see, um, may I ask you, Which which uh, neighborhood is it? Uh, is it outside of Bogota? Like a lot of uh, people, are, for example, are investing right now in Chia and uh, and in uh, Zipaquira and, and those outskirts, or is it still within Bogota? Uh, it was actually a, a very good, uh, 
this actually Atos de Bella Suiza. It's uh, 10 blocks from uh, Unicentro Mall, 10 blocks from the Santa Barbara Mall, and 10 blocks from Palatino Mall. Okay, so so a very good neighborhood. That's that's very interesting. And um, you said that you went for a mortgage. That's that's very interesting. So um, because I'm thinking about uh, your your let's say your credit history or credit worthiness. A lot of people come here without any track record. For example, here I know a lot of people who have been gaining a lot of money or earning, earning a decent amount of money for several years and the bank is still not willing to give them a credit card. Um, I think as a foreigner, it might be even more, more difficult to obtain a mortgage from a Colombian bank because you, did, you went to obviously the Colombian BBVA uh, and not the Spanish one. So how was your experience with, with finding the mortgage and do you, were you, um, let's say, happy with the interest rate? Because I also think that maybe people or the bank might say, okay, you don't have any credit history, so we're going to give you like 15% of, of, of an interest rate for, for the mortgage. How did that work? Yeah, of course, uh, I completely agree that uh, this has become uh, more difficult. Um, you know, just like when you apply for uh, a U.S. citizenship uh, or in any uh, midterm plan, uh, you have to, you know, follow the, study the requirements, uh, try to meet, uh, you know, all the requirements before you present your papers. Um, things that I can recommend, uh, in my experience, for instance, Uh, yeah, I mean, just go by the book, uh, you know, aim to win, uh, don't have a plan B. Just um, if, if the place that you're interested in costs uh, 160 million, for instance, uh, you know, try to calculate uh, all the possible scenarios. Um, if you know that the bank uh, lends you 70%, uh, you would, of course, need the other 30%. There's uh, a few tricks uh, that I can recommend. Um, for instance, um, if the bank doesn't know who you are, if you don't have any track record, uh, at least have a, a bank account with them for one year and um, try to have a, a credit card first. Uh, that really helps uh, when you have, you know, like a, a good uh, bank record with, the, with your purchasing power, with the, you know, paying on time. Uh, that sort of thing. And um, the moment that you're going to, you know, actually uh, fill in, uh, file in the papers or, well, present the papers to the bank, uh, leave a margin of uh, three to six months to move your account. You know, it's actually making uh, deposits that match your exact uh, salary, you know, the one that you present. The, the salary that you present to the bank, uh, it doesn't have to be real. Um, in fact, uh, when, I, when I actually uh, requested the mortgage, I didn't even have a job. Uh, what I did was, um, you know, I asked my aunt that had a, a kindergarten to, you know, kind of like uh, lend, lend me her, um, her name, her, her company status uh, for me to say that I... Um, that I, you know, um, that I made a certain amount in order to qualify to get the mortgage. Uh, usually the banks uh, ask you that 
depending on the final uh, installment, you know, whether it's uh, 700,000 or 1,500,000, they usually multiply that by three, and that's your kind of like your uh, purchasing power or your, um, your credit uh, capacity. So, you know, that, that's uh, really important. Uh, another aspect is that um, you need to have everything uh, well documented, uh, you know, from the company where you work for. Um, the, you know, make sure that they pay you the, the benefits. Uh, make sure that you have um, everything that, that they require uh, the moment that, you know, that you present the papers. And, um, well, save that. I mean, if you do everything by the book, it's just like applying for a visa. Uh, there is no chance that, that you're going to get failed. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, I think it's, it's very interesting because you're the first person I've, I've talked to who really took a, a went for a mortgage here as a foreigner, uh, if, if I may say so, because previously you said uh, you're fully Colombian, so uh, I have to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say anything, uh, anything wrong. And um, and it's it's a very interesting uh, story to hear your to hear experience on that on uh, on the possibility to to get get a mortgage and also with all the details you're mentioning. Um, very good. I I didn't uh, know that and I have never never heard about that uh, that way. Um, I have uh, another question here coming in. Um, this uh, one question asking. So you mentioned the best best time right now to invest in, in real estate. Um, why, why do you think so? Why do you, what are your indicators to say, okay, and from your point of view, it still increases because a lot of people might, might say, okay, it's already the peak and goes down again or whatsoever. So uh, what's your um, reasoning and your, um, your idea of why it might still increase? Uh, well, situation is not the best in the world right now with the whole uh, migration crisis. So a lot of Colombians are coming back from the United States. Uh, I have a few relatives that, uh, you know, recently came back from there. Um, there's also, um, you see a lot of uh, immigrants from uh, Venezuela, from Europe, from China even. And um, I remember back in uh, 2002, when uh, Chavez, President Chavez, uh, you know, went to office, uh, that was a, a moment when real estate really started to skyrocket in Colombia. I think we're going to see that even more. And um, you see a lot of uh, construction, uh, not just in Bogota, but also in cities like, uh, you know, Cartagena, Medellin. And um, it kind of seems like uh, in Bogota, it's... Um, it's become this place of, uh, you know, a huge uh, workforce. And um, there's a, a huge opportunity there, uh, not just to buy a place to live, um, but also to uh, maybe even, uh, you know, you can get cheap places that need uh, remodeling. And uh, when you remodel the places, uh, they're, they're so suddenly, uh, you know, valued even more. Uh, you can get a place, for instance, for uh, 120 million, uh, 80 meters square. That it, you know, it looks like, like, like shit. <laughs> and um, by you investing uh, 20 million pesos more, uh, the place can be worth uh, 300 million pesos, uh, just like that. 
and then you can decide to you know to sell the place or to rent it so there's a really good equity and a lot of uh, opportunity okay that's interesting so flipping uh flipping the house um buying it remodeling it and then either selling it or renting it out later on uh that's i mean that's reasonable that's uh, and i also think that uh, from my perspective i think Bogota hasn't even really started to to um, to blow up, like to really increase uh, by population. It's still not really international. You you don't see that many people, like international people, on the street. As if you, for example, compare it to Buenos Aires or Sao Paulo or other cities. Um, and I think this still is gonna gonna come. And I think your point also concerning people coming coming back. Uh, very interesting that you actually mentioned that from the US. I, I didn't expect that. Uh, that people are coming back from from the US, uh, especially mentioning the the migrant crisis. Um, anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the the maybe we already we already touched upon a little bit um, on the buying process. So you said go for the book. Um, do you think there's anything else to mention? What was, for example, um, maybe who did you work with? Did you go for an advisor? Did you, did you go for an attorney? Uh, maybe for an agent. How, how was your approach on that? Actually, uh, this is actually a very, very important aspect. Um, there's a lot of uh, middlemen out there that, you know, uh, they just want to get uh, commissions. Uh, in my case, when I bought the place, the, the family was still living here, and uh, I was contacted uh, to buy the same place. I was contacted by two different people. Uh, one of them selling me the same place for 105 million pesos and the other one was selling it for 95 million pesos and, uh, in the end I talked to the family directly and the real price was 88 million pesos so I saved myself a you know a huge deal uh, at the time and um, banks are your best friends uh, especially when you're going to do a mortgage uh, even though their lawyers are more expensive Uh, they have a very transparent and safe uh, bet, uh, so to speak, uh, to buy your place. Because you never know if the place that you're going to buy uh, has a, a criminal background or maybe the, the papers are false. And uh, what better place to verify uh, all of those documents than with the bank, the very place that's investing in your place and giving you 70% of well, up to 70% of the funding, that, that's really important. That's very interesting. So, in fact, your, your advice would be um, don't go for an agent, but definitely go for a lawyer and a bank. Or, well, anyway, you might be, well, not necessarily, you may not need to go via the bank, but still involve the bank uh, so that you have, like, the, this process of double checks um, which also helps you passively to verify all the documents that's more or less your your advice which you would give definitely uh, that's my recommendation okay interesting have you uh, did you experience some other challenges which you would have never expected um, when buying real estate or was it everything else was smooth or did, was it even a much more positive um, experience you had? Um, anything else to mention maybe um, interesting for, for the audience? 
Well, actually, yeah, I found the, the process to be pretty slow. Uh, in my case, it took almost uh, six months when it normally takes uh, two months because they, they didn't spell my name correctly, so they had to redo everything all over again. Oh, okay. And, uh, that was a huge uh, challenge, and I think that Colombia has a, a lot of um, obsolete protocol that makes uh, things really slow. And I think that's a window of opportunity for improvement in Colombia. So, um, but, the, but you're uh, more talking about regulation. So trying to make uh, the, or is it not um, based on uh, regulation with regulations or, um, or is it uh, rather a process that you say, okay, it's just the process as it is, as it always has been and just, you know, try to make it a little bit more, well, try to optimize the process and then you're going to have a certain advantage. Uh, no, of course, uh, regulation is, is very, very important. And I think that Colombia still lacks uh, a lot of regulation in many areas. But what I'm referring to is in the sense of the, the process itself. It's, uh, it seems to be um, presented and structured in a very complicated way that makes um, the end uh, result uh, very slow, uh, including the approval process to, to get your place or to get a mortgage. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's, um, I have heard uh, that several times that people say, okay, you know, could be much better, but still, you know, it, it, a lot of people also say like, it's better than expected. And uh, so there's always, uh, you know, a lot of uh, different opinions about that. Um, concerning the real estate um, trends, you previously mentioned uh, some uh, some um, yeah some trends within, uh, especially uh, within uh, within Bogota. Do you also have apart from real estate trends? Where do you see also business-wise uh, with respect to your to your own business? Where do you see Colombia evolving? Uh, where do you see it in ten years? Um, What's your, what's your opinion on that? Wow, I think there's a, a lot of uh, upcoming trends. Uh, for instance, the delivery uh, quality and organic uh, food industry has a, a huge window of opportunity. And I honestly haven't heard of the first uh, startup to, you know, to focus on this. Uh, other huge trends and, and windows of opportunities I see is the um, uh, bringing, uh, you know, clothing uh, from uh, Amazon and from, from well, from, from outside, uh, you know, bringing it and importing it to Colombia to sell it because clothing has become uh, very expensive here. And uh, you find, uh, you know, uh, sneakers and uh, jackets on uh, websites and, you know, in the United States and in China that are ridiculously cheap uh, compared to the clothes here. So I think that's another window of opportunity. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. So organic, um, talk, talk a little bit about organic food opportunities. You are referring to um, optimizing again, like optimizing the process of making it, uh, like de deliver um, fast to the door home delivery of organic food or, or what what's what do you mean ex exactly 
I'll uh, to specify a little bit more. Um, in Colombia, you see that our nutrition habits are still not the best. Um, people, uh, well, some people are still not aware of uh, what uh, you know, what uh, food habits can cause you cancer or diabetes. And uh, I think that more important, more people are becoming aware and are starting to look for uh, nutritional information and and uh, organic food in the sense that you know it doesn't have any um, uh, GMO seeds or that it's good for your body. There's a huge opportunity there. Okay, interesting. I have heard that several times already, and I, it's, for example, like my personal experience is uh, is that the Colombians, like Colombians in general, eat super healthy. Like going to the, you know, um, uh, take advantage of the of the healthy food, of the fresh foods and stuff. But I I have talked to several people, and they they also say like, okay, people are more uh, like here in Colombia, people are more inclined to 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 eat fast food, which I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't agree with. But uh, interesting to to hear that that point of view, um, and also I think. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Colombia is one of the uh, countries which does not allow Monsanto. Like, there's no uh, pesticides from from uh, Monsanto, or if I may say pesticides, uh, which is also uh, for me a, um, a point or an, an argument that um, that Colombia is very, um, how do you call it, very privileged, privileged exactly, uh, concerning their situation. What's your What's your opinion on that? Um, well, as I mentioned pre uh, previously, uh, President uh, Uribe slowed uh, the process. So we were one of the last uh, nations to accept Monsanto. Uh, that isn't the case anymore, unfortunately, um, due to the, you know, the, the policy changes and uh, all the uh, things that uh, our current president has accepted. Uh, it's kind of coincidental how the... Um, you know, all of these uh, protests from the uh, farmers started to rise up uh, as soon as uh, President Santos came to office. Um, we are still a baby in the Monsanto uh, deals, uh, but it is already in Colombia, of course. Okay, I didn't know that. I have to then. I I have to um, read and have to to see um, because then I'm I'm absolutely. Uh, not well informed. I thought it's not not here. Interesting. Okay, that's uh, definitely not good news for me. I thought it's not allowed here. Um, concerning the the importing the clothing, um, you uh, very interestingly, I I talked to uh, was both like Jay Darren and also uh, David previously who were who were both saying okay, there are definitely import uh, opportunities. Um, And also, then he actually is, uh, was is, uh, in the importing business. So you would say clothing, um, importing clothing from uh, from China or even from US, from from Mexico, and then uh, you can also make business. Um, have you started something in uh, with that re in that respect, or um, are you are you um, well, are you in that project right now? No, not really. Um I find it kind of, I'm not very knowledgeable in the area of, uh, you know, import and export uh, regulations. And uh, in my case, I prefer to do virtual products. 
Uh, for instance, to give you a, a free idea, which might actually be a really good idea, um, women have this uh, struggle every morning because they can't decide what to wear. So an application, you know, <laughs> called uh, What to Wear Today would actually be great, I think. And you can make partnerships with um, uh, She Inside, uh, Dresslink, even Faladena. And, um, you know, just do the virtual avatar uh, with, uh, that looks like the, you know, the, the end user. Uh, I think that there's a lot to do, and, you know, not just virtual, but also uh, physical. I think that's a very good idea, especially then you can charge all the, um, all the stores to be part of it so that their clothes, uh, their clothes are going to be, be displayed. That's a very, very good uh, idea. I think uh, women would love that. Yeah, somebody should do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming to uh, to um, to the uh, closing questions already. Um, first question is: If you could change something in Colombia, and it has to be one thing, what, what would what would it be, and uh, what would you like to change? Processes. Okay, I uh, I got you. So uh, processes for a lot of things, uh, and uh, to make uh, things smoother and and fast and stuff. Okay, uh, if you could implement one Colombian thing, let's say in the UK, what what would that be? Wow, uh, bicycle riding and giving priority to pedestrians. I think is one of the strongest suits in Bogota and in Colombia. It's it's a true example to the world, I think. So you say it's it's good for uh, for uh, as it works here right now. Yeah, I mean, consider um, that you know sitting down is the new cancer, is the I'm sorry, is the new um, silent killer, like cigarette, like small. Um, you know, um, motivating uh, activity, walking and bicycle riding. It's something that Colombia is, is, is really uh, strong and, and keen on, you know, giving a lot of priority to. Uh, they even have uh, days with no cars. Um, you know, they, they want to expand uh, the pedestrian walks and the bicycle riding. And I think that's really good. I mean, it's a true example to, to the world. That's very good. I haven't uh, thought about that uh, from that perspective. That's actually true. That's uh, that's a very good point. Um, do you have uh, before we close the session? Uh, and I think I have to say it's a, it's been a very very interesting uh, session, very very insightful. Do you have any final thoughts? Any final uh, remarks? Would you like to? Would you would like to state? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're in Colombia, you're very lucky because here we have the most uh, delicious food in the world. I mean, just to mention bandeja paisa, which is my favorite uh, dish. And if you haven't uh, come to Colombia, if you haven't stepped uh, foot in Colombia, I definitely recommend that you come because you would be very, very surprised. That's a good point. Um, and I totally can agree, obviously. Um, if people want to contact you, um, how can they do it? Via your webpage or do you have an email address? Uh, they can go on to my Facebook, which is where I'm, I'm at um, 80% of the times. 
you can look at me uh, through, okay, my direct address, uh, web address is facebook.com uh, forward slash R-O-D-D for life, uh, for the number four and life, Rod for life. Okay, Rod for life, R-O-D-D for life, if uh, people want to get in contact. And also, I think people have to check out your, um, your virtual online platform, rot.co and um, yeah Daniel I, I'm really happy uh, that you have been with us and thank you so much for all your insights and it's been a pleasure for me thank you very much pleasure for me too okay bye bye talk to you soon bye 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 cheers cheers <laughs>